We're born into our names, but we become family by heart. I'm Dustin Gruss, public speaker and family transition coach. When my wife and I found out in the beginning of 2016 that we weren't going to be able to have our own biological children just seven months into our marriage, we were shook. Little did we know what lied ahead through our journey of infertility, foster care, and where we are now having recently adopted our two beautiful boys. What we do know is every little bit of help we got along the way was priceless. And that's what we can expect with this podcast. Stories of inspiration and resources to lead you through that journey. From the heartbreak of infertility to the hope and blessings that come with foster care and adoption. We may have different stories, backgrounds, and names, but we're all family here. This is Family by Heart. What's up, family? Welcome to another episode of Family by Heart. I, of course, am your host, Dustin Gruss, and we've got a special episode for you today, a interview with a great guy by the name of Brendan Wall. He's the, the uh, host of the podcast, Dad the Man podcast, and one of the things that they do over at Dad the Man is try to encourage men to be the best versions of themselves and bring the best of themselves to their spouses, to their children, and to themselves, really doing the things that they need to, making, uh, creating great examples of how men should live their lives and do so in a masculine way, but not a toxic masculine way, and teach our children that it's okay for us to uh, show our emotions. And you'll hear so much about that in this interview. And really, um, today was a fun day for me and my kids as we went to check out a Marvel Comics exhibit at a museum down in Columbus, Ohio. And just seeing my kids be excited as they are for the different comic book characters and everything. But then to have those moments where we just get to hear those words, Daddy, I love you. And just the fun that we had and and realizing that I'm doing the things I need to to show up and be the hero for my kids. And I think Brendan is on the same path with what he's doing and, and bringing incredible gifts guests onto his podcast and what he's doing and Brendan and I shared uh, another trait in common whereas him and his wife are looking to adopt and you'll hear about all this and more in our episode so without further ado here is my interview with Brendan Wall of Dad the Man podcast enjoy what's up family welcome to another episode of Family by Heart and one of the key cornerstones when it comes to families, when you think about families, it's, with all due respect to the ladies, the women, they're the, the, a good woman, helps keep the guys in line, but you got to have a solid uh, dad, a solid father in the traditional sense of marriage and the family. Uh, there's other families, other mixes out there, but the my guest today is a solid man. He's Dad the Man. He is Mr. Brendan Wall, host of Dad the Man podcast. Brendan, thank you so much for being on here. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. I just want to first thank you so much for for having me on, for holding this space to for us to have a conversation today. And and man, just I I love what you're doing with the show. I love the mission. I was telling you before we went live, you are doing an amazing thing, making a great dent in the world. So thank you for doing what you're doing, brother. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you for what you're doing, man. You're, you are providing a space and opportunity for men to tune in and hear that it's okay to show emotions. It's okay to lead your kids with love and and how to be a man and, and have it not be toxic masculinity, but rather what being a man is really all about. So why don't you tell our listeners, if they haven't tuned into your show before, what Dad the Man podcast is all about? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my, my podcast, Dad the Man, I started it about a year ago. Uh, but the journey in my heart to getting to that point started, I would say, I mean, years ago. And it all came to this boiling point around the middle of COVID. And I learned this lesson that just it all built up. I was I had started my career. I got married and found out we were pregnant with our first son right after we got married, all within like a couple months of each other. So like moved to Nashville, start my career, got married. And then we five months later, we find out we're pregnant and like amazing news. So excited. But I was young. I was probably 24, 23, 24. Um, had a, I felt a little bit of the heat, right? So I felt a little bit of that pressure, but in a good way, I had the instincts. I was like, all right, let's step up. Let's do this. I'm going to provide for the family. As time went on, I felt myself all like the, the stress that I felt, like the pressure that I felt, whether it's good or bad, however you want to look at it. I just didn't, I, I took it all in and then I didn't put it out in the right way. Like all of that got channeled into work. So everything I said, hey, I'm doing this for my family. But really, over time, it turned into it was coming at the expense of my family. Um, and man, I just I changed jobs and I went through it. I went through a period of depression where I was really I was like, man, I got to do something different because I was burning out and all this stuff. And then change jobs, change jobs, change jobs, move. I said, it's going to be different this time. It wasn't. COVID happens. And um, right up to this point, I'm the guy who's I'm in the office early on Monday morning. I'm st- working late. I'm up early in the morning. I'm working late. So I'm seeing my kids on, you know, Saturday morning. And it, and I was usually working some on Sundays or on Saturdays and I'd see them on Sunday. And then that was it, man. I was, I was just missing a lot during the week, right? Like you blink and a couple months goes by and your kids are different kids. And it was none of it was ill-intentioned. It was I was really thought I was doing the right thing until COVID happens and, you know, we're all forced to go home, right? I'm sitting there in my living room and I'm seeing, man, I'm seeing everything that I'd been missing. Like I'm seeing my wife feed my kids breakfast and they're eating, the three of them are sitting at the table eating a nice healthy breakfast together, having that picture perfect, like American dream morning together. You know, they're doing the arts and crafts during the day. They're watching the cartoons together. They're wrestling and tickling on the floor. They're doing nap time. They're eating dinner together. She's putting them down for bed. And I just saw this day after day after day. And it was like God pinned me down and was like, listen, brother, this is this is what you're missing. Like this is you're going to blink in 10 years is going to go are going to go by. And you're not like your kids are. You missed it. Like it's going to be over and you're going to be distant from your wife. And I, I felt that and I, like I've never felt more convicted in my life. And that really just changed things for me. So that that set me on a a hard right turn. I changed jobs again after that and allowed me to work. Not it's it's closer to an eight to five schedule so I can coach Little League. And I can be the husband father I want to be now. But as a reflection of that, everything that I learned in that process um, I realized when I looked around that there's so many other guys going through the same thing. They're the guys, they want to work hard. They want to build a career or a business and they want to be like elite at what they do. Like that's in us. We want to be that guy. Right. But they also want We also want to be great husbands and fathers. And I just, I believe that you can have it both. So I'm on the path of trying to do that. That's what the show is. My podcast is all about is trying to bring on these guys that, you know, you watch them on, they're on your fantasy football team. They're, they they write the books you read. It's all these guys that we know, we love, we look up to, we respect. But what they do professionally is really just an extension of being amazing husbands and fathers first. Their wives, like they respect them and they have the amazing chemistry and their kids look up to them like they're superheroes. Like those are the guys that we try to bring on the show. And those are the guys it's, I'm certainly not the guy who's got it figured out, but I'm bringing the guys on like that to learn from. And uh, man, the, the shows, it's been awesome. It's been a tremendous challenge. And I've, I get humbled every week when I'm talking to guys and I'm like, man, you're doing so much better than me as a dad in this area. You know, like I do, I go through all that yeah. too, but yeah, long winded answer there, but that's a little bit of the origin story of how we started the show. And we're about a year down the line now. No, that's a fantastic answer. I mean, that's uh, really the epitome of what your show is all about. And I think it's important that you recognize how you got there. And while COVID has been a devastation for so many people, it also has come with its blessings, of course. And, you know, for me, I I had worked in the physical fitness arena Mm -hmm. up to when COVID happened. And then uh, at that time, my wife and I were fostering our second placement 
and he was, uh, let's see, he was almost, uh, he was probably about eight months, eight, 10 months when COVID happened. And suddenly I got to be home with that. My wife would, on the way to daycare, she would drive by the gym and she would swing by. So I get to come out and say hi to him and, and see his little smiley face because he was, again, just a little guy. But suddenly getting to be home with him and, and getting to have that fun, like it just opened your eyes to so much. And and then even after going back into the fitness arena and seeing that, you know what, while I'm working and enjoying what I'm doing, when you're working in physical fitness, most people look at personal training and going to the gym as something extra they do outside of work, mm -hmm. which means I had to be at the gym before they went to work or after they went to work, which meant my wife was having to do getting the kids ready for, for daycare in the morning, getting, getting them up, getting dressed. She was having to get them dinner and all that stuff. So uh, I made a hard left and after the last gym I worked at closed due to the pandemic and not being able to get things going, I I switched jobs and worked a more steady, like 8 to 4.30 like you did for about a year. And then once our adoption was official, then I've been a stay-at-home dad for the last six months. And one of our kids, uh, he had some traumatic experiences. He had, And we have some assistants coming to the house like every two weeks uh, and after several months, they do a, a test to see how he scores on attachment and behavioral and um, one other category is escaping my mind right now. But his scores in the last six months since I've been home with them have just jumped leaps and bounds. And, um, and it's just amazing a, to know amazing. that as a dad, I, I'm a part of that. Now as he's getting ready to go to start preschool, Arnold's getting ready to start preschool, and he's afraid, doesn't want to go to preschool. He's saying, I'm not going, I'm not going. It's like, okay, maybe he's a little bit too attached. So we got like a week and a half to get him yeah, scaling back a little bit. But uh, but I think he's going to be okay once you realize what it's all about. Yeah, man, that's so cool. And and that's amazing, by the way. It's, it's phenomenal. And that's one of those decisions you'll look back on at some point later in your life. And I know you, you, you probably already feel that way now, but that's one of those moments I, I like to say, like if the further you can zoom out um, and look like make your decisions now as if you're on your deathbed looking back and you're going to say, what do I, what am I going to wish I had done? Like, you're going to be so mm -hmm. damn glad that you were home to be there with your son to help him get, you know, get through those milestones to be there to support him, As opposed to, I think, you know, like what I probably would have done in my past before like what I was explaining before, like stress was put out at work. So it was like, go get a job, go do something outside the house. Don't solve the problem there. Go, just go put it somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Like, but that's, it's, I, I think that's just a beautiful illustration of, of the point there that that's, that's awesome. You're that's, that's a miracle, man. It's great. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been a blessing and it's certainly, helped our marriage too because my wife she's she's like i'm i'm certainly not made to be a stay-at-home mom she she gets stressed out sometimes with with after a few hours with the kids and she's like how do you do this all day i'm like yeah. well it's just finding the what makes the kids tick and just kind of rolling with it and just mm -hmm. keep going and and then just being able to send her pictures and videos of the fun we're having and things we're doing it it just kind of you know it's one of those things that makes her heart flutter a little bit more. And so it's just even sweeter when she comes home and we get to just enjoy the time together as a family. Yeah. So that's awesome. awesome. It sounds like, it sounds like you guys have found a good balance and, and found some, some roles for each other that works for you guys as a team. And I think that's important. Absolutely. Man. That's so important. Yeah. Huge, huge. Now, um, as far as your guests that you've had, I, I know like one of my personal favorites of your guests that you had on your show is John Eldridge, who wrote the book wild at heart. Mm -hmm. um, I read that in my early 20s, and that had a huge uh, impact on me. So hearing him be on your show was was definitely a great guest. Who was someone that you had on your show, or you could drop a couple names that you you were like the most surprised by what they had to say, or you got like the biggest takeaway from? That's a, from that's your a show? that's a tough one to answer. I've been, you know, I it's funny. I started the show to help other people like that was really in my heart i was just like man i've learned a lot and i'm i just gotta i gotta 
give this all away, right? I got to, I got to get this back out. I can be a vessel for this, mm-hmm. but nobody's learned more than me along the way. I'm the, I've benefited more than anybody else, <laughs> uh, selfishly having John on was amazing. Um, when I was telling the origin story of how I started the podcast, wild at heart played a pivot, pivotal role when I was, once I had that rediscovering of like, okay, you're missing the point. We got to go a different direction. That was around the time that book landed in my lap. And that was divine intervention. That book changed my life, reoriented my view with risk and what my role as a man was and the things I had to stop relying on my wife for and what I really needed to bring to the table as a man, but then how I could still be vulnerable with her. Like it's a, it's a fine line there. And that book, that book is just a life, it's a life changer for me. Um, mm-hmm. I was legitimately nervous to do that interview with John. I don't, I don't get too nervous for like, I get the butterflies and stuff, but once we're rolling, I'm usually rolling with that. And I was like, this dude legitimately like turned my life in a different direction. I'm nervous. So that was, that was cool. <laughs> there've been a couple other ones. Um, Yogi Roth is one that comes to mind just immediately with just amazing takeaways. Yogi is the lead anchor for the PAC 12 network. Um, you'll see him. Mm. If you watch any West coast football games, you will see him on, on TV. You'll see him on their networks. He just a really cool, like really cool guy. Honestly, just super charismatic, laid back, lives on like right by the beach in California, just super chill, laid back. And we got into this conversation and he dropped so many little nuggets. But the biggest one that really stood out to me, I asked him what he wanted his legacy to be with his mm-hmm. kids. And he said that he wanted his kids to be able to say that they always felt seen and heard by their dad. Mm-hmm. And I start like that was one of those where he said it. And I was like, oh, that's good. That's really good. And then I walked away from that conversation and I started chewing on that. And then more instances were happening in, in my house where, say, my five-year-old's having a temper tantrum or he's he's misbehaving, right? And in the moment, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to smack him off the side of the head and be like, behave, dude, you're five. You know what to do in this scenario. <clears throat> and I'd hear Yogi's voice in the back of my head. And I'm like, does my son feel seen and heard right now? Clearly something's bothering him. Am I going to be an adult and be patient enough to understand what that is? Or am I going to smack him off the side of the head and get him to shut up and walk away? It's a big difference there, how you handle that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, Yogi haunts me with that quote um, in particular, man. And there's, you know, it's funny. I could go back and, I mean, there's so many great episodes. I um, I just recorded an episode with Dr. Michael Gervais. He's a performance uh, psychologist, worked with the Seahawks, works with a lot of the biggest companies in the world. And, um, he helped me a lot. My, my oldest son, I was just referring to, he's got, um, he's a kid that feels big emotions, um, sensory, he gets sensory overloaded very easily. Mm. And we were talking about that and he gave me some really practical takeaways, just like simple, easing, easy breathing techniques that you can introduce to your kids and do with them. Something as simple as just laying on the bed with them and putting like a stuffed animal on their belly and like, Hey, how high can you make the, the, the giraffe? lift up let's see can i do it higher can you do it higher i don't know how many times can we do it and then you you help teach them with that just like little things like that he he just dropped so much gold that i interviewed him uh about a about a month ago and already man it's it's like yeah i've already implemented half this like that was one of those where i did it and i was like okay now i'm gonna get selfish and just ask him all the questions that i need help with and (laughs) uh and he delivered uh, but there's there's a lot of other great ones. I had Tim Kennedy on recently. I've had Eric Decker on, Sean Lowe. I mean, the list is... I, I've been super fortunate to have some amazing guys on there. Um, got some really cool ones coming out soon, too. Um, Stipe Majocic, who's six-time heavyweight champion Ooh, of the world in the U.S. Cleveland. Oh, yeah. He's Cleveland, Cleveland baby. Cleveland, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, he's the first guy that's made me feel good about... Uh, at some point, I'm going to have a vasectomy. And he's the first guy who made me feel like it won't be that bad. So we had a good conversation about that. Uh, even though, granted, his pain tolerance, UFC fighter, probably a lot higher than mine as an accountant. Um, <laughs> but uh, I got Johnny Gomes coming out soon. Played in the MLB for about a decade, won two World Series. Got a couple other cool ones coming out. But yeah, man, there's. Nice. I, I've been fortunate to learn a lot. And that's really the... It's. I've had to shift my mindset of just like, I'm coming to these conversations not to deliver anything, but to learn as much as I can. And, and just that orientation nice. switch is, has helped me a lot when I go back inside and I'm playing with my kids. It's like, what can I learn from them? You know? 
Nice. Absolutely. Uh, that yogi one you talked about um, with the seen and heard, that reminds me a lot of the book, uh, How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. Have you heard that book before? Oh, I haven't, but I, the title, oh, it is, title's it got is, me hooked. Yeah. Oh, it's a good book. And it's it's like an old book too. Um, and like the authors, unfortunately, won't be able to be guests on your show because uh, one of them, unfortunately, had passed away. Um, but it's pretty much the same premise. And like, I think just reading the first two chapters, it was right along the same lines of what Yogi said and, and just making sure they're seen heard. You're acknowledging what they're feeling, help them name it, um, give them what they want in wish form, say, oh, I wish we could play all night and stuff. But, you know, it's important that we get rest tonight so that we could play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you're giving them what they want and and then giving them a solution. But like just those kind of things, like it's such a good book. In addition to John Eldridge's book and the guests you had, like, are there any books that stand out to you as far as uh, dadding or parenting or anything that you've read that or is it more a lot of your knowledge is really coming from John and all your interviews? It's it's that um, Wild at Heart is the book that I buy for my friends who are now having kids, uh, whether that whether they're having a boy or a girl, I get them that book. Um, that is that book in so many ways. I mean, not only did it just change the trajectory of my life and I mean, it really, that book like turned my heart back to God. Like I'm a person, I've always been a Christian, but haven't always definitely haven't acted like one, but even in my heart, it was, it was always like, um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm definitely more influenced by these other things. Right. And that book really opened my eyes to what the Bible actually says. And just like, what what does biblical masculinity mean? What does it look like? Like John was the first person to illustrate that for me. And I, I mentioned it, it reoriented me with this the idea of risk and how that's necessary to live a life of faith. Like risk is inherent in faith. You can't have a strong faith without risk that is part of that. Otherwise you're just, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no faith to be had. And that really, I mean, that just changed me in so many ways. And because of that book, I now read the Bible every day and that's a part of my routine. Nice. And so I would, I would say that's really it, man. I mean, I can, I could do a million podcast episodes and it won't have the impact that the Bible or, or that book for instance would have. Yes. Um, another one I'm going to throw out at you as well is going to be, and I've mentioned on other podcast interviews with uh, other strong Christian men, uh, would be tongue pierced by Nelson Searcy. And it's talking about the power of your words. Um, and it's great for being a human, great being for a Christian man, great being for a dad, great for being a spouse. Because mm-hmm. uh, one of the quotes, and I'll, I'll say it again, is you've never spoken a neutral word in your life. Your words either bring life or bring death. So pay attention to words that you're speaking to people and how you address them because you think about the power of words. The This universe came into existence because God spoke words, let there be light. Mm-hmm. So it's just reiterating that fact, like how powerful your words are. So definitely check that one out. Yeah, that's awesome. I will. And that's, I'm a, I'm a person whose love language is definitely words of affirmation. So I feel me dude, too, I, man. Dude, me I, too. I feel it. Like I'll take the praise. I'm like, all right, I feel some love, but it pierces too. It, I mean, that sword goes both ways. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, you actually, uh, you and I connected through, I, like I said, I've been a listener to your podcast, uh, already, but you and I connected on a kind of networking, uh, site and you actually found me, uh, with this family by heart. Uh, because of something that you and your wife are getting ready to do and you already have two kids of your own but you guys are getting ready you're looking into adoption where are you guys at on on that journey right now man we are we are in the journey (laughs) i don't know a better way to tell you where we are but we are we're in the journey man my parents when I, i remember being little and they talked about adopting so i'm one of two two boys got one little brother i'm the oldest and um, 
I remember being like seven, eight, nine, and just vaguely, like in the back of my head, right? Like it's just, it's there, nothing specific, but I remember, generally remember. And my mom was always talking about adopting. She wanted to adopt, she wanted to do an international adoption. And I just remember that conversation being like an undercurrent in our house for a while. And then it just went away. Me and my brother got busy and, you know, life, life moved on. We didn't do it. And I was, I went to Auburn um, University, War Eagle, and my wife was where we met. And long before we ever talked about getting married, um, pretty darn early in the relationship, my wife looked at me one day and she was like, would you ever consider adopting? And I remember, like, mm -hmm. I remember walking downtown when she said it. And I was just like, that was like one of those things that was like trigger went up in the back of my head. I was like, I just remembered my parents having those conversations. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I would, I, I would love to adopt one day that, you know, I felt like God at that moment really kind of put, put it on our hearts. You know, the rest is history. As far as our marriage goes, we got married not too long after that, but here we are in the journey. We started, um, last January. So we're about a year and a half into this thing. We have said yes, 45 times now. Um, in the process. Yeah. So it's a lot of roller coasters for anybody who doesn't know how it works with us. We're working through an agency. So, mm. you know, we, it's nuts, you know, it's, you get an email with a little PDF one pager that says mama a had a baby. Uh, this is her age, height, weight. This is what we know about, you know, drug medical who dad is. Sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's not. And, um, you know, you kind of get that little one pager and then you make a decision. Do you want to present your family? And we've got, you know, a book that we made telling stories about our family, pictures of us, different things like that. And, you know, 999 times out of a thousand, we're saying, yes, we're, you know, we're wide open. And, uh, so yeah, we, we, we put it out there and we say yes. And, um, it's a really good thing that, the moms through a lot of these agencies, they have a lot of options of, of families that are looking to adopt. That's a great thing. Um, the other side of that is that we're, we're we've been we've been kind of going through the ringer a little bit on that journey. I'd much rather it be this way than the other way around, for sure. But man, it's mm -hmm. it's been like I said, forty five times we have put our yes out there. You kind of fall in love with what you see on paper. You romanticize it in your head, and. Uh, man, you just kind of get the rug. It feels like you get the rug pulled out from under. You get, you just get an email that says, you know, mom connected with another family. Thanks for putting your yes out there. It feels like you get punched in the gut, man. It, it, it's brutal. Okay. Um, but we've right now we're in a spot where we're fired up high on life. we got a couple, we have two yeses out right now, which is crazy. It's, okay. it's a wild ride. Um, it's been the biggest test of faith of my entire life by mm. a mile. It's been the biggest journey of growth in so many different ways for our family, not just for me personally. It's like <clears throat> I told you, Wild at Heart got me reading the Bible. It got me turning to God, but it, that really just got me started turning. This whole journey in the last year and a half, has it's, it's felt like God's kind of had me on the dog leash, and he's pulled, pulled that leash shorter and shorter and shorter and said, come sit right here with me for a little bit. And um, that's really what it's been like. My wife and I, we've had just the the conversations that you have to have as a couple when you see these cases come in you see drug exposures you see disease exposures you see different circumstances and situations that you never would have even thought to think of you see them presented to you black and white written down on paper and you're like we got to talk about this and yeah. you know you do that 45 times um, on top of, you know, there's a couple in there that we didn't say yes to. So, you know, call it well, a couple more than that, but man, you just get a lot of reps having hard conversations and it's hard, but there's been nothing that's been better for our marriage than the conversations we've had to have, how we've had to pray through it every day, pray for each other every day, figuring out how we can support each other through it. Some days I'm, I'm the rock and I'm really, really strong. And I'm like, babe, we got this. We can wait this out. And some days I'm not. Some days I'm the guy who's like, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing here? Like, we got to like mercy, mercy that somebody let me out. And, right. and then she's the rock. And um, it's been it's been it's been a journey, man. But we're we're in it. And I thank God that we're in it. I thank God for where we are in it. I'll be excited to uh, to meet the, the next member of our family when the time comes. I know it'll be the right thing at the right time. Um, just, I have to keep reminding myself of that because it's, like I said, it's a test of faith, man. Absolutely. 
All right. So, yeah, I mean, those are definitely some conversations. Do you feel like at any point, um, because of having to have those conversations, do you second guess yourself at all that like, okay, because we took the time to discuss that, maybe we missed our window? Or do you think it has been like, well, no, it's God's God's calling like, we we had to have this conversation for our marriage. Mm-hmm. So if this child isn't coming to us, then it wasn't meant to be. Yes, we've that the the latter is is true. That hasn't been true the whole time. I mean, at the beginning when you jump in, we jumped in naive. You know, we jumped in thinking we're gonna get picked right away. This is gonna you know whatever. It's a breeze. We're and we're we were like we're so ready. You know, we're so ready, and through the heartbreak of it, the ups and the downs, like, man, I thank God we didn't get picked. I thank God we haven't gotten picked to this point. Just like to what you just said, like every single rep is, it's like another massive step in, in our growth as a couple. It's another massive test of faith. It's another opportunity for us to act in faith, to not be discouraged, right? Like it's a, it's mm-hmm. been this crazy, it's like a dichotomy that we've had to kind of work through in ourselves and pray through of like, man, you don't want to suppress that emotion of being disappointed. You don't want to suppress the emotion of being hurt and being in. I mean, it hurts, man. It's brutal. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. We had one case where, you know, we find out we're in the top three. So, you know, they call and they say, hey, you know, you know, you're in the top. And then, you know, for whatever reason, mom picks another family. And, you know, you thank God that she picked the right family that's right for her. But man, it still hurts. It hurts like hell. Oh, yeah. Like it's brutal. And um, the thing that I've really had in my in my head the last probably two months is that I want to look back on this experience and I want to be able to say that I acted strong in my faith like I don't want to be in a position where I'm looking back at the way that I acted and feeling like I didn't trust God in the journey because I know it's going to work out the way that he wants it to and I'm going to be Mm -hmm. thrilled with that whatever it looks like and I don't want to look back and have also have the guilt of feeling extra selfish and like, I just didn't trust God. I'm going to feel so, I I would just feel so silly. And I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like I want to look back and be proud that I was able to say I trusted God when it was hard. Like, you know, that I showed up in my faith when the lights were on. So to speak. like, it's easy. Like I said before, when there's no risk, it's easy to be faithful. But when there's a lot of risk and uncertainty is real and you really don't know what's going to happen next. Like, I don't know I don't even, I have no idea what our family's going to be like, like what it's going to look like. If you have kids biologically, you have a decent idea and you at least have a decent idea of timing. Like you start the timer when your wife gets pregnant, you kind of know, like in eight, nine months, we're going to have a little baby. Like I don't, I could have a, I could get a call and be on a plane to Arizona tomorrow. I could be sitting here Mm -hmm. having the same conversation two years from now. And I don't know, but I do know that on the back end of it, I want to look back and be proud of the way that. I walk through it in faith and trust to God along the way. doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And I've been far from perfect in it. But uh, like I said, every, every, every rep, every up and every down is just another opportunity to try to be a little stronger. And, and I, I sincerely hope any of my listeners going through fertility struggles don't get angry at this comparison, but I see a lot of parallels in what you're experiencing going through uh, the yeses and the putting your yeses out there and being denied and thinking, oh, well, we're going to get picked right away and stuff like it makes sense because the parallel there for people going through fertility struggles, oh, well, it's going to be easy for us to have a baby. Like we'll get married and six months from now we're going to be pregnant and there we go. And that's going to be our marriage. Well, okay. No, it doesn't always work that way. Mm -hmm. And then, the conversations you and your wife have to have for every piece of paper that you guys get with the description of these kids. Well, when, if you're going through the adoption process on the foster to adopt side, you are given, when you're going through the pre-service training, you're given a sheet of things that you have to look at. What are you willing to work with? What are you willing to accept? What are you not going to accept? Mm -hmm. And, I'll tell you, it makes you feel like the biggest piece of crap on earth saying like, well, I'm not really willing to do this, but I I can handle that. Like, mm-hmm. but you have to have that 
bit of honesty with your spouse, with yourself. What are you able to handle? What are you willing to let God equip you with Mm -hmm. to be the parent that this kid needs you to be? Because it's, while yes, having a kid and raising a child is a blessing, is a treasure for us as adults, as us, us as humans, but it's also a responsibility. It's something that we have to go into owing these children that, okay, we have to raise you the way that you deserve. We have to give you the love, unconditional love and respect and listen to you, hear you, acknowledge you and all those things. So it's, there's a lot of parallels through each part of the journey of becoming parents. And once you are parents, doesn't matter what way you do it, but there are parallels. And so I think that's one of the things where that I'm trying to do with this podcast is make sure that that gap is bridged between people with fertility struggles, people fostering, adopting, you know, people going through surrogacy, whatever it may be, or even people just said, you know what, my dog, that's, that's my baby. That's, you know, that's cool too. You know, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, we are called to love and to give love and we got to make sure we receive love as well. And we treat ourselves with that love and respect. Yeah. It's, so uh, definitely parallels. it's it definitely parallels. And it's been a big lesson to me in, um, in empathy. You just, man, I've had days at work, especially in the last couple of months as this thing keeps going on where there's just some days like I'm walking into work and you get the email that says, you know, thanks for playing. Try again. And that's mm. a, like I said, man, it's a gut punch, but then I still got to go into work and be the same guy that I was yesterday when I was in a great mood and my kid had his little league game and I was coming off a high from that, you know, like I got to be that yeah. same guy, but then I walk in and like, I'm having a conversation with people and I'm just not, th- like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm a little ghosted. Like it, it knocks you down. And then, and then, you know, people are probably thinking like, what's this guy's problem? He's kind of being a dick to me today. Like what's going on? You know what I mean? And then like, right. you gotta have it. So then I, 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 I say it's given me more empathy to just to have the thought of like, man, if someone else is going to be like that to me, like maybe they're a little short with me at work. Maybe they cut me off in traffic. Maybe they, maybe they're honking their horn at me in traffic. Like it's so like the first reaction is like, come on, bro. Like what the heck, what are we going to do about it? What's your problem? Right. And that, this has kind of taught me to just, take a beat, take a breath and just say a quick prayer for like, you just, you just don't know what people are going through. And the reality is everybody's like, we're all going through stuff. Like you said, whether it's you, if you're trying to get pregnant or you're in the foster process or you're trying to adopt, or if it's your dog or if it's your anything else, you know, your grandmother, your aunt, your uncles, like we're all relational. There's something going on with somebody we know and love all the time. Man, I just, it's a, to me, it's just been the biggest illustration of empathy and trying to understand that nine times out of 10, I'm just going to give the other person the benefit. I'm going to try to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Just like it's probably a reflection of what they're going through. It probably has nothing to do with me. And that's the, do I do that perfectly? Heck no, man. I'm a human. Like I, I snap back at people all the time, but that's the lesson I'm trying to beat myself over the head with. Yeah, definitely. Given the benefit of the doubt, um, it's it's definitely hard to turn turn the other cheek sometimes. But you know, some people take our shit a little bit with more grace than than we expect them to. So we gotta extend that grace to others for sure. Yeah, if you listen to Gary V, Gary V, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, for anybody who knows him, follows him, he's all over the place on social media, but he always talks about the equivalent or a parallel here would be, he talks about people who are rude to other people online. So like they come in your profile and like, they're going to take the time out of their day to go on your post and write something negative. Mm -hmm. Like something's gotta be going like that person's not in a good place. Mm -hmm. Nobody come, nobody's in a good headspace and goes and does something like that. Yeah. Um, Gary V talks about that all the time. I always appreciate him sharing things like that. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good way to look at it. I just I just think people are assholes sometimes, so that's a good way to <laughs> yeah, think of it. Yeah. 
Um, so what was the discussion like with your biological kids when you told them that, hey, mom and I were looking at adopting? Like, how did you explain that to them and, and what that means? That's a great question. So my oldest is five. My youngest is three currently. So, you know, rewind that about 18 months. That's where we started just to give you a frame of reference on their age. Um, and we were pretty, just pretty direct given their age. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think what one and three, two and four, somewhere in that range. Like we just started speaking about it a lot. Um, and we had a lot of the, um, the real conversations, not necessarily in front of them. We've tried to keep as much of that shielded from them as possible. Um, but we were very direct with them. We just, we just said, Hey, you know how, you know, Mason Brooks, you know how you guys were, you know, you guys were, you came from mommy, you came from mommy's belly and that's how you came into the world. And, um, you know, we're going to grow our family and you're going to have another little brother, or little sister, and they're going to come from another mommy's belly. And, they're going to need a place to live, but we're going to have them, you know, they're going to come join our family that way. So we were pretty, mm. pretty darn direct with them and just have talked about it more and more with them. And, um, you know, they're fully on board. We've had a nursery ready for 18 months, so it's, you can't hide a big old baby crib, but you know, they're like, I'm not sleeping in there. You're not sleeping in there, little brother. Like what's going on? Who's sleeping in here? Where did this come from? Uh, so, you know, they're, they're curious and they're excited about it, which has been really cool. Um, I've learned through it, like I said, a lot of, you know, no doubt, a lot of ups and downs, the conversations you have as mom and dad, for me and my wife, we, you know, there's, there's moments where you're just, you're just a little bit defeated, but you still got to go be mom and dad to three and a five-year-old. What I've learned is how emotionally intelligent our like kids are. Like they pick mm -hmm. up on, they pick up on oh, everything. Yeah. Like if we have, like, let's just say, for instance, we have a, something's going on, right? We'll eat dinner together. Maybe my kids go watch a like, couple cartoons before we go to bed. My wife and I will hang back in the other room and we're having like deep conversation. Man, after that, it's like my kids come in and they read the room immediately and they don't say anything, but I can see it's funny when you look in the eyes of like a three, four, five year old, six year old, whatever, you can see them pick up on your body language and they may not say anything, but if you look like you can see them internalize it. And I've had to yeah. be very conscious of not passing along my stress i've had to be very conscious of my own body language and just trying to you know just be the be the light and the love in the room for that my the, you know three and five year old kids man they you don't want to give them too much it's it's a it's been yeah. a fine line of trying to expose them to it i want them to be a part of it you know I, like i really want them to be a part of the journey with it with us and i want it to be exciting for for them as well when it happens but i also want them to be innocent three and five year olds and I don't mm -hmm. think there's a blueprint for it. If anybody's got a great game plan for that, please let me know. I hope I'm not ruining my kids with the way I'm handling it. Uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's it, it's fun watching them be excited about it, though. I can definitely say that. So it sounds like you guys are ex are going like newborn, expecting a baby. Have you guys thought about adjusting your age range at all with the many as many nose of knows that you've gotten or are you thinking like no we're we're doing the baby we have and we have and we have upped our age so we're our, and our window's getting bigger our, our, our excuse me our idea has just been to keep our birth order in line um so to have my mm -hmm. you know not adopt a child that's older than the kids that we have um gotcha for for better or worse um that's just that's been our game plan that's what we've been riding with so like i said my oldest is or my youngest is now three he was like one and a half when we started so we've just that window's just getting bigger and bigger um so yeah. like like i said i don't know if we'll have a a newborn or a three-year-old yeah. or a four-year-old or five-year-old depending on how long this this thing goes we'll see now uh what part of the country are you in right now uh chattanooga tennessee Chattanooga, Tennessee. So, um, okay. My wife has some family in Knoxville and everything. Nice. Um, so have say you, your family ends up being uh multiracial, your mm -hmm. baby comes in being, uh, another race stuff. Like how do you feel your community is going to be receptive to, uh, a multiracial family and, 
how do you feel you are going to respond as dad the man if you get <laughs> those looks and questions or anything like that uh because i could tell you as a white father in a predominantly white community with mm-hmm. two black children my wife gets a little bit more of the looks than i do but i've yeah. certainly had some awkward questions and uh, responses from people but um thankfully nothing that's been where i've been ready to hulk out on anybody but yeah um how how, how do you feel that challenge is going to be for you or is it going to be you know what just it's it, this is my kid this is my love what's what's your it's something i hope i handle well if that's if that's the um you know if (laughs) if if we're in that situation we've been wide open to that most of the cases yeah it's like you know i don't know if there's a statistic one way or the other just based on Mm -hmm. what we've seen it's it's pretty somewhat split like you know white black and then whether it's hispanic or asian or or native american or anything like that um could you know so we're we're wide open so it's a very real situation for us when we started the journey we did some education courses and everything like that with uh, just it's basically just like i say education it's basically like hey we're going to expose all your blind spots in the way you're coming into adopting and that was one of the trainings we did was how are you going to handle these situations when people are giving you looks and making comments at the grocery store or the ballpark or whatever it is yeah. and Everything we went through with this, I was like, I got this. I'm going to be calm, cool, collected. Like, I'm confident. And then we got to that part, and I said, I'm going to smack somebody in the head. I was like, I will kill somebody. <laughs> like, my blood boiled instantly. And I, oh, like I, you could you could probably feel it now. Like, I got so mad. And, um, uh, man, I don't know how I'm going to handle that, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to model the best behavior that I possibly can. But, you know, I we get to that point i will do my best to seek the best counsel i can and get the best advice i can from people that are close to us who you know are are of whatever race it is and who have had to deal with that their entire lives fortunate to have Mm -hmm. some people in our circle that i know i can lean on and, and you know confide in and just beg for help man because i know that's that's brutal and it's a, it's another yeah. it's another example of I mean empathy is the word we were talking about before it's another great example of that man you just never know what people are going through you never know how people are getting treated you never know how people are responding yeah. to them at the grocery store the ballpark or in the community or wherever the heck it is and uh, but man that's the that's one thing I'll be um, I'll have to be in my own head a lot I'll have to be keep it you know I, I'm a threat to just lose for lack of a better way of putting it like losing my shit and going off on somebody in that case i I can keep it pretty darn cool but when it comes to my kids i will i'll go you know daddy bear on them and, yeah. and lose it so i don't know that's probably not the right answer but i i just i know that's gonna be hard i'll be leaning hey oh, yeah. here we go i'll be leaning on you there we go hey, i'm 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 happy to help bear that weight you know and then i can tell you it's uh it's one thing if people are just making comments it's another if you feel you or your wife or kids are threatened that's how you scale up your response that's Mm -hmm. how i look at it it's you know what it make a comment back if you feel need or just turn the other cheek or just walk the other direction but whatever you feel but i i feel like i'd if i was exposed to a little bit more i'd probably have a comment here or there but if it came to protecting my family, absolutely not, nothing stopping me there. So yeah, I, that's a good. I think yeah. that's a good delineation right there. That, yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll lean on that. I'll pull that out of my back pocket at some point in time. There you go. Um, well, uh, Brennan, I really just appreciate you being on and and just sharing your experience, uh, both with the experience you're going through right now with uh, the adoption process and your experience uh, just learning from all these fatherhood gurus that you've gotten to talk to and, and shine a little light on. So where can people find out more about you and your podcast? Well, I want to first say thank you again for, for not just having me on, but man, just like I said, holding this space, shining this light, being a resource to guys. We were talking about this before we came on where is men, husbands and fathers. We go through so many of the same, things like we think we're special and unique in our struggles and the things that we worry about and like 
but we're not, man. We're all going like in a, when you look at it from a macro sense, man, we go through so many of the same things. There's just like the whole lone wolf thing is just like, give me a break. Don't do that. Like get with a community. And I appreciate you so much for doing what you're doing and being that light, being that resource for guys to, to lean on, to, to help them understand that they're not in it alone. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, thank you. If you want to find my show, I would love for you to take a listen. It's dad, the man, you can find it pretty much anywhere you're going to be listening to podcasts, definitely the bigger ones, a lot of the smaller uh, outfits as well. So I would love for you to check it out. You can find me on Instagram. My personal handle where I share a lot is it's Brendan wall.dad. So it's B R E N D A N wall W A L L dot dad. And then you can also find some highlights from the show. You can go down and scroll and see all the um, previous guests we've had and some, some reels and stuff like that at um, it's, at dad.the.man. But the podcast is going to be the best spot to, to find us. We also have a Facebook group. It's totally free. We'd love to have anybody come check that out as well. Just search Dad the Man in the groups. Um, and that's, you know, we're just trying to bring guys together. I, I've, I've got nothing nothing to sell. I don't have a product or a, a business. I just, uh, just like I was saying before, man, too many guys trying to do this alone, just trying to hold a space for people to get together. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include that in all the show notes uh, as well. And again, just appreciate you and all that you're doing. And the Facebook group sounds awesome. I can tell you, I'm going to go ahead and find that group and join in uh, as soon as we get off this call. Awesome. Uh, and just, just, just really, again, appreciate you and everything you're doing. You taking the time today. So thank you so much. Uh, you are a couple hours behind. So you got a little bit of evening to spend with your boys. So I'll let you go and enjoy it for everyone else. Brendan is, again, an example of him and his wife have their biological children, but that's not enough for them. They are looking to add to their family uh, in one of many ways possible. They're looking to adopt. And just because they're going through adoption, again, we are born into our names, but we become family by heart.